Welcome to Season 2 of The Century Plan, a podcast designed to help you achieve better outcomes for your money. In Season 1, we delved into the science, history and philosophy behind financial planning. This season, we'll talk about the tools you can use to map out your financial journey from now to age 100. And we'll cover how to cope with unexpected changes. And we'll be talking with our guests about their own life experiences, which have led them to rethink their approach to planning. All this and more with Dennis Hall and Sarah Steele on The Century Plan. We're talking this season about the tools we use as part of our financial planning. I guess visual tools are a big part of that. Um, So I was interested to hear you say in our meeting yesterday that if it can't be described using words, then it's too complicated. Do you care to explain? Well, I was probably being a bit glib, um, but I've I've always been attracted by that that simplicity, and um, both Einstein and the physicist Richard Feynman have said something like, um, "If you can't explain something to a first year student, then you probably don't really understand it yourself." Um, and they also talk a lot about the simplicity. There's beauty in simplicity, and I like. All of that, you know, I think financial services, legal services, we very quickly make things complicated. Mm. And that doesn't help anybody because I think, I don't know about you, the amount of information that's coming to us these days, we're having to absorb and deal with a whole lot more. It's really our duty, if we're in service to other people, to help them understand these things quicker. So that's for me is, is how simple can I make something is, is probably a mantra that I that I try to live by. Okay. Um, So in order to help people understand, well, we know different people respond to different types of learning or understanding. So, for example, auditory learning, people listening. So maybe like people listening to our podcast. Uh, There's kinesthetic learning, which is being tactile or physical um, with things. I'm not sure how well that would work in the financial planning world. Uh, and others like visual learning, uh, so using graphs, charts, and diagrams to interpret information, which I think is something you're more likely to use with your clients, would you say? It is. But that sort of kinesthetic, that uh, I, I liken that also to experiences. Okay. And I've had the experience <laughs> this week of helping some of our older clients open online banking. And it's actually quite easy to do that myself, but that doesn't help them because if I leave that meeting and then they're trying to uh, administer that bank account they haven't got a clue so I help them and then I encourage them to go in log on log out go in make a transaction or two to begin to get familiar and for me that's that kinesthetic sort of learning through experience Um, and as more and more of our work goes online people you know they may have a meeting with me well not even face to face these days we use zoom Mm -hmm. or teams as a as, as tools um, there's that disconnect. It's technology that gets in the way. So I think experiential learning like that is very important. But then I've gone off subject, haven't I? Um, <laughs> so images. I think images can help really tie and bring together a lot of information yeah. um, that we may have been talking about. And it is often complex uh, information. Um, and there's a uh, there's a chap, there's a chap, um, he goes he goes by the, 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 the moniker of the behaviour gap or the behaviour gap guy, 
who's created a lot of very simple images. We've got a few of them dotted around the office. Yeah. Um, and I like them because they can say something in just, you. the moment you look at it, you get it. Mm. And you know exactly what that means. Um, I think that the, and it came through Behaviour Gap. I think the title was the first, one of the first images he had done, which is that the market delivers a return of X, but most investors get a smaller return of Y. And that difference between the two is explained by behaviours. Okay. What is it that we do as um, investors uh, and, and individuals? What behaviours do we have that lead to less satisfactory outcomes, yeah. particularly around investing and money? Yeah, and, and is he the guy, we've got some like Venn diagrams in the office, um, which, as you say, you look at them and you immediately get what he's saying. I'll have to put some of them up on our Twitter page so that listeners can tell what we're doing. I mean, I can about. describe my favourite Venn diagram, and for, for people who, who've probably forgotten what a Venn diagram was, we did learn this at year something at school. But <laughs> yeah. that Venn diagram is where you get two or three or four circles, and where those circles overlap are where sort of the, the common interests or common um, information sits. But there's this two-circle Venn diagram, um, and it says uh, things that are important in the world. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that are important in the world about money, for example, you know, um, world economy, um, taxes, inflation, um, geopolitical things, all that sits in one box. And then there's another box that says things that I can control. And it's a much, much smaller box but because I can't control taxes. I can't control this. What I can control are some of my behaviours. So the tiny little sliver where those two circles interact, things that are important but things that I can control, is very tiny. Mm. And then there's an arrow up to that little tiny sliver and it says concentrate on this mm. and everything else. When It's so simple and it's... It's the kind of information that, that coaches and gurus would, would, would charge you hundreds of pounds for and spend a day sort of on a seminar trying to teach you that skill of yeah. just focus on what's important. Yeah. So I kind of have that one uh, in my office and I look at that regularly yeah. because that tendency to procrastinate or get wrapped up in things that are, that are seemingly important but there's nothing we can do about them. Yeah. Concentrate on things you can. And that's so important when we're dealing with our financial planning. Yeah, uh, that's a good mantra. Um, and that was, that's who is it? Carl Richards. Carl Richards, that's the, the chair. Was he a financial planner? Does he he was a financial planner. Oh, well. He, he, in, in the US, so if you okay. ever see any of his diagrams, behaviour is spelt wrong. <laughs> and According that's the thing that anyone who yeah. comes into the office and they sees because we've got these diagrams with yeah. his sort of signature on the bottom, behaviour gap, and the spelling's all wrong. Well, it is all wrong. <laughs> um, and I wonder whether we Apologies could get him onto a future podcast. <laughs> wonder whether we could get him onto a future podcast. He's a very interesting guy. Um, had been a, a, a financial planner, um, not a particularly successful one. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, he was human like the rest of us. I think it, it, the story is out there, so I'm not saying anything that, that, that um, you know, I'm not talking behind his back. But he was a financial planner. He got involved in you know the, you know the US. And the, the sort of subprime and the mortgage collapse, mm. all that 2008. Well, he had sort of over-mortgaged at a point and then his world collapsed and uh, almost had to file for bankruptcy. This is a financial planner, by the way. Okay, um, excellent. <laughs> but, but, you know, we all make mistakes and we all get caught up in the hubris of things. Um, 
But he sat down and started sketching things out on the back of scrap bits of paper, napkins, to the point where he simplified a lot of things. And the New York Times gave him a column for about 10 years. And so every week he would put in there this sort of sketch and then a little tiny story behind what the sketch was. Um, He eventually sort of... It created a massive movement. It helped him sort of the source or the reason for writing a couple of books, which are both very good. And a lot of that, again, is around simplification. Or how could you make complex subjects really easy to get a handle on? Because until you do, it's very hard to make a decision. And that's really what we want to do. Take all the theory in the world. But if you don't really understand it or you feel very confused, you're not going to feel confident about pressing the button to say, let's get this done. So it's all about fast-tracking that to get to a decision. Okay. So we're talking about helping people um, understand their financial planning, understand the process, come to decisions by simplifying things and using using visual tools. Um, so if people come into our office, obviously they see the, the behaviour gap pictures on the walls, but where else do you go for the visual tools that you might use in a meeting that will help people? Well, there's a lot of information and data out there. Sometimes data is presented in ways that is very complicated. And I mean, and I'll admit it, I'm not a guy who likes spreadsheets. I don't no, I know. really like spreadsheets. Um, and Dimensional is a, is a sort of a, a fund management firm we've used a lot. They put together some great visuals um, about the randomness of returns. They got this... It's like a patchwork quilt. So if you think of all the, you know, think of every developed market, like the US, um, the UK, Japan, Germany, France, and you say, and, and you sort of, you ranked them every year about which was the best performing and which was the least performing. And they all had a color, a mm-hmm. square, and you rank them in, in a column. And then the next year you did another, and then the next year you rank oh, them okay. all again. You create this patchwork quilt mm. of which when you look at it, you say, this is completely random. There is no pattern in there because humans, we are in a way we're wired to look for patterns and even find patterns that don't exist. It's got a name, actually. It's um, pareidolia, you know, where we look for things that that aren't there. Um, Images of Jesus Christ on a piece of toast. Um, You look at your washing machine and it looks like a face or something. You you open the door and there's a sheet hanging out. It looks like a tongue. and the dials of the eyes. Pareidolia is, that, is looking is that for what things. You do? I do it all the time. Look <laughs> I, at that doorknob over there. It yeah. looks like yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, dogs in clouds. Yeah, like that. yeah, everything. We're looking for patterns all the time. Yeah. And so, I, if you can sort of get an image and say, look, the stock market. There, it, it, there are no patterns that you can look at. You know, you come against the the, the people that are chartists. Look at this chart. It's doing this double dip. That means it's going to do something else soon. Complete rubbish, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, it, 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 through randomness, it might look as though it works, but over a period of time, you find out it doesn't. So, again, taking that patchwork quilt as an image to say, you can stare at that all you like, you're not going to find a pattern. Mm-hmm. Also, I think, looking at... It's, it's very easy to show somebody through a, a, a simple line chart about, over long term... The, the returns that have been achieved through various asset classes like cash, um, fixed interest like government bonds, different stock market returns, property. And if you took a starting point 30 years ago and an end point now, mm. and you ignored what was happening in the middle, 
most people say, well, I like those things there called equities because yeah. they've given me the best return. Yeah. Um, and until you can kind of picture it and, and, and show them what that long term has been like, so many people are attracted to the perceived safety of cash. Mm. But over the long term against inflation, cash is probably more risky. Well, it is more risky, in yeah. my opinion, than investing in the long term um, returns from stock markets. If you're yeah. thinking about it, you're investing in, I suppose, everyday ordinary people. So here's a, a sort of a visual story I talk about. When people say, I don't want to invest in the stock market, now I can say, you say you, you don't want to invest in yourself and people like you. Because every day around this world, are people are getting out of bed and going to work. They're going to work to improve their lives. They just happen to be working for companies. And some of the companies they work for are listed on the stock market. And those, stock, and those companies are trying to make profits. Um, as far as the employee is concerned, it's because if I work hard, I'm going to get a pay rise and improve my life. If you invest in the stock markets, you're invested in every single person out there in the world that is that is going out there every day working to improve their lives mm -hmm. and as a result helping to improve yours. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, I don't know, as, as an analogy, yeah. that's quite simple yeah. rather than let's talk about alpha, beta, gamma and all of this Numbers. stuff that, yeah, yeah. you know, the, 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 the sort of uh, Greek alphabet of, 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 of stock market terms out there. Yeah. And you've touched on it, but you know, we're talking about um, visuals that show um, the difference between you know, short-term and long-term investments and, and showing people the difference of looking from, like, I don't know, at a time frame of three to five years to 20 to 30 years to stop them focusing on short-term volatility. Yeah, when we look at short-term, we see these very spiky yeah. graphs and that's quite scary. Of course it's scary, it's mm. volatility. We don't like it when... It, you know, if someone is using these cash, um, sorry, these risk profiling questionnaires, yeah. the and we've spoken about these before, the thing that that they're really sort of answering is their comfort with volatility, um, not permanent gain or permanent loss kind of thing. It's kind of, mm. I just don't like the jumpy bits. If you can extend that timeline and say, realistically, how long has this pension got to last you? 20 to 30 years it's going to be invested. Are we worried too much about what's going to happen over the year, one or two or three years? As long as you've got a nice fallback position with cash, so that if the market goes down, you can stay invested. When you extend that out and compare the returns of stock markets versus returns of cash, everyone instinctively then goes for stock markets yeah. because we've removed that short-term volatility, that spiky picture. Yeah. It's In a way, it flattens out the line. Okay. And what was it you were saying to me yesterday about using a range of outcomes? Um, is that I mean is that what you're talking about now? Yeah. Well, I think also some of the terms is that if you're using cash flow modelling, mm. um, and you know it, it, what you're really trying to say is you know what's going to be happening to your money if under these sort of circumstances. Um, we tend to take straight line projections. Yeah. And that's not real life, is it? No. So things move up and down. So what's the likely range of outcomes that could happen? What's the spread of, of returns? Because, you know, I could be at the beginning of a, of a bull market or it could be a, a, a period where, you know, as they have done recently, markets have been going sideways for the past couple of years. At the point that I enter those markets, that's going to have some impact on my, on my overall outcome. Not yeah. everybody's going to get the best 20-year run of a stock market. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and we were talking about one of your clients 
who you say when you have conversations with him likes to use sort of visuals and analogies uh, and there was something about making ripples not a big splash hey, uh, yeah I, well yes this is um this is Peter, um, he's got a nice, I, 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 I like his choice of words. I know, I know we've probably used one of his before um, about, you know, if he's going out to work, he doesn't want his money sat by the pool drinking pina coladas. It's got to be working harder than he is. Yeah. Um, and I really love that as a visual. Yeah. In, you know, I can get a mental picture of, of, of money yeah. sat on a sun a lounger. Nice with a, yeah, so, yeah, lovely life here. Get out to work, master. Um <laughs> But the other one he's got, it's he says, he said that there's something he said, and I've then I, I built on that. He said when I, you know, I'm getting to an age where I've got to think about what happens when you know something happens to me, and I don't want to leave crashing waves smashing into the rocks mm. for my family to sort out. I'd really just like there to be ripples. Okay. And I sort of I thought, what about the high diving board? If we left the high diving board, that's our. That's our, you know, that's the beginning of our life's journey. It can be incredibly complicated as when coming down, yeah. you know, on the difficulty scale of 10 or the difficulty <laughs> scale of four, whatever it is, yeah. each to their own. But the point that you exit, I suppose, or mm. as you're approaching the surface of the water, in order to have a very smooth entry into the water, mm. you've got to sort of position yourself so that you're not going to leave this huge splash or a belly flop into the water. Mm. You just want to pierce it like an arrow. Yeah. And I think a little bit about financial planning. If it's just, you know, I've had a very, very complex life, but as I get a bit older, I need to simplify this yeah. so that the point that I exit, it's smooth. Okay. And I guess that's the sort of work that you can do with your financial planner. I know you've done that with lots of your clients. Yeah, and they, they, they get to that um, sort of state of thinking themselves they don't really need me mm. but it is a really nice sort of visual tool to think that um i now want to enter a glide path yeah i want to be you know when i enter the water the point that i'm no longer here that's got to be smooth i just need to leave ripples behind okay. not huge waves okay all right well that's lots of visuals we've talked about so although we'd like to think that what we say is clear enough for us all to understand by using visual images like we've just discussed and, and tools, that's a really good way of reinforcing and checking that there's understanding. You're, you're very right to bring that point up. It is about checking understanding mm. because we can talk and talk and talk and people can say, mm, yes, mm, yes, and, yeah. and think they're understanding it. And then you put a visual in front of them and say, ah. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are polite, aren't they? And <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you can get that... and. And I don't like to have too many or too complex. I need to be able to sketch these things out very quickly and use simple terms like this is the engine, this is a something, you know. Yeah. Um, so in a way that people can just relate that to their everyday life. Because although money and finance has been my everyday life for 40 years, it's not everybody else's. No. Exactly. As I've discovered this week by helping people open bank accounts. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's not easy for some people. No, no. Okay, well, visual tools are great. They, they have are. their uses. Um, and if anyone wants to look at some of those visual tools we've been mentioning, particularly the behaviour gap images, we'll pop some up on Twitter. Yes, we will. And I think we should um, see if we can contact Carl and, and get him on, just okay. to get his story and yeah. just 
you know, the, the thought process behind some of these visuals and, and what some of his favourites are. I've got some of mine. They're, you know, that would be a good, a good one to have some weeks ahead, months ahead maybe. Okay, good plan. 